Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast. I am one of your hosts, Laura Sturm. And I'm Josh Rohr. Welcome to episode 89. Uh, we want to start out with a big congratulations to James Vang. Uh, his daughter was born on Monday the 18th, and her name is Elastasia. Aww. So, uh, That's so sweet. I anticipate that she won't be in the gym for the first couple of weeks, but I expect her to be training within about three to four weeks. Wow. Three to four weeks training. Yeah. Why not? You know, working on form, nothing yeah. heavy. Start them young. But could you imagine if like we work on mobility and flexibility stuff like now, you know how flexible and mobile infants are? If yeah. we just maintain just a little bit that, of that. Yeah. Right? Well, I think in other societies that they try to do that. Yeah. Just not ours. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be my plan with uh, James's kid. We're going to start it, start it young. <laughs> start her young. Um, yeah, I guess I could say her. It's not an it. <laughs> it's not an it anymore. It's, it's actually her. Um, start it young. And, and, you know, like, I mean, that was kind of like some of the theory behind like CrossFit kids back when uh, that, that whole program got started, like keep the flexibility and the mobility and, and like the body to weight strength ratio that you have as a kid and that fun that you have as a kid when you're playing and you're doing physical activities and just continue that into adulthood yeah uh, i'm so sorry it, it makes sense it did not um silent my phone ah ah all right well um what about some meat results was there a meet this last weekend yeah there was uh we had one of our lifters compete amber riley lifted at the uh usa powerlifting capital city barbell championships um down in where was it tallahassee florida i think um she had a pretty good day she went six for nine um, she squatted, uh, she was in the 48 kilo class, um, junior division and open division. She squatted 92 and a half kilos, which was a squat PR. Um, she tied her bench PR of 55 kilos. Um, she pulled 135 kilos, which was a PR and a Florida state record in the junior division, which actually broke, um, Allison gardens record. Um, Allison actually lifted with us, um, and prep for the Arnold, uh, this past month. So, um, well, the Arnold was this past month. She lifted with us like for three months leading up to, um, so it was kind of crazy. Um, broke, broke one of our own teammates records. Um, and she hit a 282 and a half kilo total, which was also a PR total. So overall pretty, pretty darn good day. Mm, yeah. yeah. A very good day. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. Amber. Boy, I can't speak today. Amber. <laughs> no, she did awesome though. Uh, James does her programming and, you know, she's been making a lot of progress and, I'm pretty excited to see what she does, you know, in, in the future as well. Yeah. That's a big deadlift for a, you said 48 kilo lifter. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Nice. Yeah. She actually missed it on her second attempt. Uh, she lost her grip. Um, so she pulled it on her third and she probably had some left if she would have, you know, not lost okay. her grip. So yeah, crazy. Happens. That's pretty slick. Yep. All right. So I guess there was some voting that happened. Yeah. We're on round two of the uh, top five. Movie five, soundtracks. Uh, movie soundtracks. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the first matchup we had in round two was Amy Pancake against Daria. 
Um, Amy took the win with 11 votes to eight votes. So Amy moves on uh, to face the winner of Don versus Chris, uh, which we all kind of projected. Uh, Don ran away with that one. She had 61 votes to 15. Uh, so there must be a lot of Don Dotson fans out there because uh, she basically has more votes for her than everybody else combined, literally. So Right. Yes. She has a lot of 12-year-old um, teenage friends or something on Instagram. Or she has a whole lot of fake Instagram profiles like somebody else. But I don't know. I'm assuming she has a lot of friends. It's <laughs> a lot of fake Instagram profiles. They're a bitch to create. Yeah, because let's face it, you'd have to not have that many friends to make all those profiles to win votes. True. Yes. <laughs> Who would That'd be a lot. That? Who would? All right. So uh, in the <laughs> in the nerve there. I just moved on. I was just moving on. It was slow, smooth. Uh, in the matchup between Cameron and you, Josh, you lost. Bad. Uh, bad. 21 votes to 11 votes. Cameron yeah. won. Yep. So Cameron moves on. And then the last matchup was uh, Jim Battenfield versus Amy Hutchinson. Um, Hutchison, I keep saying with the name. I've done the same. I know. Yeah. Um, And that one actually was a tie, uh, nine to nine on our actual poll. So we had to do a revote on the Team Roar Instagram on Monday. And that one was close, but uh, Jim actually took the win 15 to 12. So Jim will move on to face Cameron in the semifinal. Awesome. Yeah. So the winner, again, don't forget the winner gets a $50, $50 worth of apparel of team Roar apparel. Uh, the final four voting will take place on Sunday, April 24th. So be on the lookout for that on Instagram at PL ballads podcast, PL ballads podcast. That's the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That is some drama that happened with that tie and needing a tiebreaker. Has that yeah, ever we, happened? It's never happened. So I wasn't actually sure what I was going to do. I was going to I was going to actually just talk about it live as we're recording and figure out what we're going to do. But I'm like, you know what? We're going to end up not knowing what to do. So let's just do a revote on the other Instagram account. <laughs> I, I would have just judged it myself. Well, that's I what I thought vote. too, but we would have ended up, I didn't vote either. So we would have ended up canceling each other. Oh. Out, then we'd really be screwed. That's true. So oh. who, okay. Just out of, just for fun, who would you have voted I, for? I can't remember the list off the top of my head. Okay. Got it. Well, I'm not going to say, I'm oh. not going to say who I would have yeah. voted for then. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, USA powerlifting news, um, some national updates, I guess the, there was an update to the criteria for primetime. Mm-hmm. Basically it was stated as the original weight classes that are, you know, the schedule, but the primetime was slotted as raw and equipped. Um, that was updated a couple of days ago to raw only. Um, so the primetime is only going to be raw lifters. Um, Aww. and I'm going to actually, so I'm going to, I'm going to defend this argument or this reason a little bit. I'm actually in favor of that. And I am a diehard equipped lifter. Um, the reason, the reason for it is twofold. Um, number one, the original idea with prime time is to highlight the, not only top lifters, but the top battles. So basically everybody in prime time is battling for a medal spot or battling for first place or whatever. And it, it, you know, nobody knows how that's going to shake out in the equipped division, just being transparent. There's not that depth of competition at the high level. Like the, the eventual weight class winners are very elite. They deserve to be spotlighted, but you know, a lot of times like the two through five, nobody expects them to even come close to winning 
in a lot of the weight classes. Mm. So it, it's kind of already a predetermined outcome for winners. Um, so it's not as entertaining and not as, I don't think not as, not as presentable in terms of like a, a, uh, you know, what's the word like epic a, battle, pre- epic battle, but like, you know, the, what's the word, like a presentation, like the, what the hell's like when, when you watch, when we do it, when you live stream it, it's like a, uh, man, like I don't even show. know what the word is. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it, it takes away from like the, the intrigue and in, in the, the yeah, overall, I don't know. I'm stuttering. I'll move on. Um, so that's, that's, that's one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect of it is in order to do raw and equipped, we would either have to run two platforms of prime time each night or run one platform with three flights. And either way is going to, is going to take away from the constant excitement, I think. Um, and again, I, I am 100%, uh, supportive of equipped lifting. Um, and I think what we had discussed too, as an option was, was having all of the top lifters in the equipped division lift in one prime time session, which that would be interesting. But the, the logistical problem of that is nobody would be able to get their medals until that was done because we don't know who, who won. Uh. So everybody that lifts on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, et cetera, they would have to wait until the equipped primetime session is done before we can right. even do awards. So that kind of messes it up. Not to mention the fact everybody pretty much has their plane tickets bought. So if we change it right. the day you're lifting it, it messes everybody up. So, you know, as it is now, like the lifters, you know, will lift the, the, the equipped lifters will lift in the, you know, the either morning or afternoon session with the, their normal weight class. And, you know, I, I just, I think that's, you know, it's, it's splitting up the, the lifters too much if we try to put them in prime time, I think. So, so people may be upset at this, but I'm actually in favor of it. And I actually, uh, I'll defend this, this decision, um, even as an equipped lifter, I just think it's going to make it better for the equipped, uh, competition. We're going to be able to highlight, you know, the equipped lifters better during the afternoon session or morning session, whatever. Um, and then still be able to really, um, put on a good presentation for the, raw prime time and really get into detail with the commentary and things to, to really highlight the battles and and what's going on. And I just think Hmm. in the big picture, I think it it makes a lot more sense this way um, for both raw and equipped. All right. Can I play devil's advocate? Absolutely. Because everybody else is going to. Right. Um, Because when you first said that, I was just like, Oh, that just kind of hurts my heart. Like as an equipped lifter, I'm like, Oh, they don't have the chance to be part of prime time. And primetime is super cool. And it's not just an epic battle. It's a little bit of a status thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, and I'll say something a little controversial. I think raw lifters in general are more concerned with their status versus their performance. Um, that, that might ruffle some feathers. But, you know, for me, like, in my opinion, I would rather lift with my whole weight class if there's, you know, let's just as an example, let's say the 82 and a half kilo weight class has five lifters lifting equipped and the top two go to prime time. Well, now you got basically three lifters and two lifters lifting separately. And it, it just kind of separates the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, if there were more equipped lifters, then I think there'd be a better argument for putting them in prime time. I just don't think 
you know, with the way the numbers are right now, like, and, and I, again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the top equipped lifters are not equally as impressive or in my opinion, more impressive, to be honest. Um, but it just logistically to me, doesn't make sense to have them separated like that. I can see the logistics. I just, I think it sends a little bit of a message to uh, equipped lifters, like maybe you're not as important. Well, um, and maybe, maybe some would take it that way, at least. Um, I don't know that all that comes into play. Were there people that were like slated to be part of prime time that are now not slated to be part of prime time? So prime, the that selection has gone out. No, the selection for prime time won't be, won't go out until after registration closes because the way, and that's the other thing, I guess some people were asking how it's going to be basically. So part of going back to the logistics. So for example, like on Wednesday, there are five weight classes that lift that day, which means there's five weight classes of prime time in prime time. So right. when you start doing the math and put people in flights, you know, you can only have 14 in a flight. So if we're looking at two flights of 14, that's 28 lifters, you know, 28 lifters divided by, uh, divided by five weight classes, that's only five and a half lifters per weight class on average. Right. Right. So if you throw equipped in there as well, trying to keep it two flights, you're looking at only getting two to three lifters per weight class per division. And that's not enough to make it competitive um, or fair for the, you know, the top tier lifters that are buying for the medals and pro cards. So, um, so the only, the only logistical way that would work is to do two platforms. And, you know, I, this is a hill I'll die on is, you know, in general, we should try to avoid two platform prime time as much as possible. Um, I'd rather, that I'd rather the purpose. Yeah. I'd rather have it. I'd rather have it fewer lifters and people upset that they didn't make the they're on the bubble and didn't make it and have it on one platform and be super competitive where everybody in prime time is, is contending. Um, so, and, and, you know, full disclosure, um, again, I, I think I already said it, but I was in favor of this. Um, so if, if anybody is going to be mad about it, you can, you can be upset with me. Um, cause I, I did, I pushed, I pushed for this change as well. Mm. Um, and I know, I know that seems weird that I'm, you know, as an equipped lifter, but I just, for the overall presentation schedule, um, logistics, it, it just made sense to do it this right. way. Well, I mean, I don't know that there's anyone who would know the better meaning of what prime time is than the inventor of prime time, which, which yeah. is you. So, I, I mean, there's going to be people pissed off the purpose. Like, oh yeah. I, I mean, you can't make everyone happy, but, but I mean, the, the other thing, like, you know, there's a lot of raw lifters that were upset that it that equipped was going to be included because they can do math and they knew that there'd either be two or three people per weight class or two platforms. And, you know, nobody really right. wanted that either. So, right. Um, I mean, you screwed either way. You're going to affect people and people are going to be upset one way or the other. I mean, that's just the way it is, but yeah, what would I, it take for, for raw and equipped to be included? Can that ever I mean, happen? Two separate uh, you know, meets? Yeah, it almost, to me, it almost would have to be two separate meets. Um, it just, yeah, there's just no real way to make that work without it being two separate meets, in my, in my opinion. Um, without, without it just being like, you know, another session and, and not right. really being that special. Right. So, All right. Yeah. So sorry to burst everybody's bubble there, but you know, I'll, I'll argue the other side of it too, is, you know, the, the morning and afternoon session, that's kind of going to be a, a quick lifter spotlight now, I think, 
because all the, you know, all the big name equip lifters are going to be competing there um, without the big name raw lifters because they'll be at, at, in prime time. So um, I don't know. I think it puts a little more to me. I, I think that actually gets more exposure in some ways to equip lifting because it's happening with a lot of the other raw lifting. Right. So. Well, and I know in years past, um, raw nationals and equip version open nationals um, got combined most likely because COVID, right? And the meets were kind of smaller, I think. Yeah. Is that true? Um, so why are they still combined? Well, logistics, I mean, hmm. the, you know, just looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, setting up that video wall stuff and, and making the production of it, like equipped nationals mm -hmm. because of the number of lifters was, you know, was basically losing money. Raw nationals like broke even. So combining them, we kind of were able to break even as a whole. Right. Um, you know, only mm -hmm. set up equipment once, you know, only have to rent one venue, you know, stuff like that. So it just logistically made sense. Um, whether it stays that way or not, I, I think it will, but I, I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of a, you know, and getting, getting referees to travel mm, right. is another issue. So, you know, instead of taking off for two meets, you know, we have basically everything just a week long and, you know, after you compete, a lot of referees will stay and, and referee and stuff like that. So it just logistically made it easier. And, you know, we just need more referees is, is the bottom line. So if you're listening and have ever thought about becoming a referee, contact your state chair, please, and uh, get involved. Yeah. So now that I've made enemies of my fellow equip lifters, uh, <laughs> move on, right? Josh must die. All right. Um, so here's our powerlifting situation. After weigh-ins, while warming up, you look at the scoreboard and your forecasted total is 2.5 kilos behind a forecasted first place total. Your last squat warm-up felt really light, and there are still two minutes left to change your squat opener. Should you increase your opening squat so that your total is projected first after openers? Good question. Uh, no. Um, That's the what I would say, too. The only reason that I would say yes is if in your game plan that you already written out, you had already ahead of time planned on opening a little bit heavier, but turned in a little bit lower number just to be cautious with the idea that if everything felt good, you would go back up. That's the only situation because even then I, I'd still would question it um, because you don't know how the rest of the meet's going to go. So, you know, the argument could be made for deadlift opener, you know, changing your deadlift opener to be projected first after opening pull. That way you, if you're pulling last, that way you just have to match and win every time. But, you know, for squat, it makes no sense because you don't know how the rest of the meet's going to go. And, you know, just plan on making your, your squat attempts and do what you can do. And, you know, if you're behind at subtotal, that means you're going to have to pull more to, to win anyway, which means you'll pull last. So then you can play that game during deadlift. Right. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, why change your opening squat just to be projected as first place? That really means nothing. It's you know, the end. Now I have seen somebody put in a squat attempt um, that was higher than the, what they planned to do just to mess with the second place lifter or who yep. was projected to be the second place lifter. So that is a strategy. Um, and when that, you know, the second place lifter looks at the board and goes, Oh, wow, crap. They've gotten stronger. 
you know, it's a, it's a little, um, it's a little mental game there. Yep. And that's even more reason not to, not to, to bite on that, because if some people, if some people are playing that game and you're like, Oh, look, they're, it's like, they're dangling that carrot, like, Oh, just up your opener just a little bit more and, and bomb out. And then I don't even have to compete against you. Right, that's, that's, right. that's a lot of times what they're trying to get people to do, you know, or, or open where they only make one squat and then, you know, take a big jump and miss or something. So yeah, it, it's, it's, 99.9% of the time, it's not a smart move to, to up your opener just because of the squat projection or the total projections. Um, yeah, I would leave it the same and, and hit your numbers in squat for sure. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right, let's move on to our new lifter tip. Do not choose a coach based solely on their social media presence. Hmm, very true. Good marketing does not make you a good powerlifting coach. On the flip side, being a good marketer does not make you a bad powerlifting coach. Do your homework and be thorough. Yeah, both sides of this piss me off, um, to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of people that are, to be blunt, trash coaches that are just really good on social media that have a huge following. Everybody talks about them as being you know, one of the great coaches and, and whatnot, but they're, they're really tra a trash coach. Um, and this is plural, so I'm not referring to one person. There's multiple of them out there. Um, they don't really know what they're doing. They have no background in, in powerlifting. Um, I've never really even competed. I mean, they've competed, but they've never done anything like at a high level. And you don't have to be a high level power lifter to be a good coach. So I'm not saying that either, but, you know, look at what they've done as a coach, who they've, so not only who they coach, but who they've developed because, you know, I can, I can offer to coach, you know, the top level lifters for free or sponsor them and pay them to let me coach them. And that doesn't mean that I actually develop them. So I think there's a lot of coaches that do that to get some big name people under their, under their wing or whatever, and be able to use them for marketing purposes and, you know, look at who they've actually developed. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And then on the flip side, you know, there's a lot of people kind of what the, the rant I just went on, you know, people just assume if you have a good social media presence and are, are marketing yourself that by default, you're a bad powerlifting coach. And that's not true either. Um, you know, if you, you know, have developed lifters and things like that, but you happen to be good or have hired a good social media team, then that doesn't automatically make you less of a coach. And I think that, I think that's the, that's the distinction a lot of people make is like, okay, if you're, if you're big on Instagram, you're a bad coach. If you're, you know, bad on Instagram, you're a good coach. It, it, that's, they're actually not correlated. Right. Um, so I think that's an important thing to, to, to pay attention to. So do your homework. Do your homework. Actually find a good coach based on developing yeah. people. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yep. <laughs> all <Okay>. right. Do, <laughs> good talk. Good talk. Um, well, I think that's all we have to say this week unless there's something else you've got josh up your yep. sleeve that's all i got all right short and sweet i like it all right well make sure to uh follow us and direct message message us send us your questions and how would they do that josh uh you can shoot us an email at plballadspodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a direct message on instagram at plballadspodcast and if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever, do leave us a five, four or five star review. Um, I feel like I feel like we're at least a four star. 
Yeah, we're at least we're at least a four star. Uh, leave us a review. Um, we would appreciate it. And uh, subscribe. All those good things. You know what to do. Uh, till next till next time. Later. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.